I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Hey everyone, happy Monday and welcome back to the News Du Jour. So today on the podcast, randomly what we're going to be doing is just a lot of follow-up stories. There's been a lot of big things to update you on in terms of ongoing stories. Um, and yeah, there's there's some bombshells in here for sure and definitely um, news that is not so great. So hold on to your hats, you guys, because we are diving right in. So first up, Camila has officially failed her drug test. So a lot of these stories today, um, if you don't know the backstory, you might want to go back and listen to some previous episodes just to get it more in detail. But Camila is this young Russian figure skater in the Olympics who is just absolutely incredible. But now she's officially failed her drug test. So I'm disappointed to be reporting this because... I was not so secretly rooting for this little rookie, but Camila has officially been confirmed to have failed her drug test, y'all. I know. She was a little legend, and being 15 years old, 15 guys, just think about where you were at at that age. It's hard to imagine that this was her idea, and it's easy to imagine someone pushing her to take these illegal drugs that have likely disqualified her incredible performance. Now, I really want to emphasize the term illegal drug is being thrown around a lot in conversations about this, and I want to emphasize that this drug in and of itself is not illegal in Russia it's illegal for an Olympic athlete to be taking it without declaring it. So the exact drug that was found in her system is called, and I'm probably going to butcher this, you guys know I'm terrible with medical names, but uh, trimethazine, anyway, something along those lines. Um, It's actually a heart medication that is not even approved for use here in the United States. It supposedly helps your heart to function more efficiently and thus is considered a performance-enhancing drug. A number of other Olympic athletes from other sports and other countries have actually tested positive for this drug in years past and got in trouble with the committee. So this is also obviously bringing back a lot of memories of other cheating scandals linked to Russian teams back in 2014. So this is not a good look. It's not a happy time for anyone involved. These tests were revealed by the Olympic Committee on Friday, but it does not seem 
uh, that there has been much in the way of next steps spelled out. So there's a variety of consequences that they could impose for this. Um, But it's likely that if she is disqualified, what would happen would be her points will be subtracted from the Russian skating team's overall score. What's strange, though, is that if Camila had just gotten a doctor to sign off on her taking this heart medication and she declared it openly to the Olympic Committee, she wouldn't be in trouble right now. You can be on this medication if a doctor says you need it. Um, Again, it's not illegal to be taking it. It's illegal to be hiding it. And it's a really disappointing situation, but Russian coaches and other advisors to this Olympic athlete could be held liable under Russian law, especially because she is a minor. If we hear any more on that or we hear more about how they're going to proceed, I will definitely keep you guys posted. But this is definitely the story of this Olympic season. So just something to keep an ear on if you're at all interested. So next up today, we're discussing the Canadian protests getting out of hand and then getting calmed down. So we had briefly covered the protests going on in Canada, but just as a summary for anyone who might have missed it, because that was a little while ago, truckers are coming to and from the United States were upset about Canada's mandatory vaccination laws when it came to entering their country for trucking. So they began protesting in the nation's capital and specifically on a particular bridge called the Windsor Bridge. Long story short, these protests were pretty offensive. Lots of Nazi signs, racial slurs being hurled, uh, small businesses being damaged, monuments being defaced, and more. Canada was pretty over it as soon as it began in terms of their government as well as the locals, but now they've taken some more serious action against these protesters. First off, they ordered that all protesters needed to get off of the Windsor Bridge as they were preventing traffic from crossing it. The government promised fines, jail time, and revoking the licenses for anyone who did not abide these orders. But if you guys know the type of person who ends up at this type of a quote-unquote protest, if you can call it that, they are not the kind to follow orders, so many of them remained on this bridge. At that point, the Canadian police moved to arrest any remaining protesters. They made it quite clear that Ottawans are welcome to peacefully protest, but they cannot, quote, block or impede the movement of goods, people, and services along critical infrastructure, end quote. More than two dozen protesters were arrested and about 13 cars removed from the bridge. But out of the 4,000-some protesters that were still on the bridge as of late Saturday, this was a very small fraction of the overall participants being arrested. These demonstrations were really tying up trade between the two nations for a period of about a week, and it's time now to get back to business. 
at the end of the day, if you don't want to get vaccinated, you don't have to. But it will limit your opportunities in certain directions to protect against the greater population. And for our final story today, Ukraine heats up further. You guys, things are really getting serious over there. And the reason I'm really wanting to flag this and like underscore it for you guys before I jump into the details is because Putin and we've reported on this, but Putin was seen, you know, meeting with the president of China, the leader of China. And even though the Olympics are ongoing right now, it definitely feels like those team those two could be teaming up and that just heats up everything else very dramatically. So the Biden administration has now put out a much more stern warning to Americans that it looks like things between Russia and Ukraine will result in violence. And there have been a number of actions since then taken too that we need to look at. So We're just going to walk you through those different things that have gone on um, since this warning has come out. So first up, the Biden administration has now pulled out all but the essential diplomats from the country of Ukraine. So like anybody who is not absolutely essential to stay there as a diplomat has been called home. And they encouraged all Americans who are expert expats there to return home now, as in in the next 24 to 48 hours, in order to avoid the seemingly imminent danger. And they said there may not be another opportunity to evacuate. Like, it's now or never. Russian forces are now not only assembling along the border of Ukraine, but the sea as well. These gradual escalations are just not a good sign. The area is slowly becoming a war zone, and the people of Ukraine have taken to the streets to protest any Russian invasion. They believe in a sovereign Ukraine, but will they be willing to fight for that? Other foreigners have also begun to flee as well, Think like foreign exchange students or employees of external companies. Really anyone with somewhere else to be is leaving the area. Dutch airlines have even announced that they will stop flying to Ukraine now due to the probability of violence in the area. So it's so hard to gauge these things because we don't have a crystal ball. We can't see the future. We don't know for sure that this is really going to happen, but it seems very likely at this point due to intelligence that's being gathered that we're just not privy to. So we have to assume that this stern warning coming from the White House is very serious. This is kind of the metaphorical boarding up of windows that inevitably predates any war. Biden has also called Putin. So this is a huge like he picked up the phone and called the guy, not just diplomats trading phone calls back and forth. Biden actually picked up the phone and called him. And supposedly what kind of went down in the tone of this phone call was Biden warning Putin of the swift and severe, quote unquote, costs of invading Ukraine. He also warned that this will hurt 
not help Russia's perception on the world stage and cause, quote, widespread human suffering, end quote. So again, it really looks like as of now that Putin is going forward with this and his silent threats are are ringing true. You know, it's sad, too, because we just reported last week that the French government had met with Putin as well. I mean, really, people are swinging into action to try to prevent this. But at the end of the day, he's not asking for anything reasonable. He's not looking for something that we can give him. So I think, you know, if, if he doesn't get his way, if he's planning to go forward, if he doesn't get his way, he's going to go forward because there's nothing that he wants that we can give him. And that is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, opportunity is missed by most people because it's dressed in overalls and it looks like work. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider becoming a patron of our podcast. For $7.99 a month, you can unlock tons of perks like breaking news text messages so that you're never out of the loop, tons of bonus episodes are already up there ready for you to binge, and a discussion board full of networking opportunities and much more. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash sugar-free media today to become a patron. This is the best way to support our show. Our patrons make news du jour possible. But a couple other ways to support our podcast are rate and review on whatever podcast platform you use to listen, share on your social media, you have influence, tell your friends, family, and colleagues that you love news du jour and why you listen. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram, just sugarfreemedia, all one word on TikTok, and sugarfree underscore media on Twitter. We also have a weekend newsletter called Dreamers Digest that's full of dreamy content recommendations for your weekend and a life update from yours truly. Sign up today on our website, www.sugarfreemedia.co. Our music is by Joey Lavoy and Nicholas Foster. Our cover art is by Hannah Pierce Photography. Our Sugar Free Media logo is by Katherine Jezik Designs. Any twinkling or little footsteps you might hear in the background are by my dog, Rhett. He's a rescue pup and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from... Oh, oh.